Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. Uh, I am still here in, uh, starting to get sunny in Illinois after a week of rain. Oh, I presume wow. Singapore Fantastic. is always sunny. Singapore is always sunny as long as it's not the weekend, apparently, Bill. It's been raining for two weekends straight. It's nice. It's very, very nice. Haven't Even been out <laughs> the whole weekend. I'm just sitting at home watching it pour down. But it's a warm rain. That mm-hmm. was the thing that always impressed me. It's a warm rain. It's a warm rain, but there's so much of it. <laughs> Buckets of water. Buckets of lukewarm water just being thrown on you. It's great. It's great. I love You're it. You're really selling it, man. You're really selling it. I know. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was breaking out uh, sweatshirts and things here this week because it was, it was chilly. Huh. What is that? A sweatshirt? What? How does that work? Oh, I don't know. What do we call that? Um, like a jersey? Like a, a singlet, jersey? maybe? Singlet. Wow. No, that's a t-shirt. Huh. Hell, I don't know, man. Call it a sweater. <laughs> sweater. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. What's been going on, man? How's the U.S. of A.? Oh, well, we're just going to touch on that a little bit. One thing from the U.S. election and Donald Trump that I just had to mention was this uh, piece of tape that came out. So a very famous American reporter, Bob Woodward, he's got a new book coming out called Rage. He recorded, actually recorded interviews with Donald Trump uh, back in February and March Mm -hmm. for this. And in those recordings, Trump admits to knowing that the coronavirus was very serious, far worse than the flu, and passed through uh, respiratory uh, means. And then in March, talked about how he just meant to downplay the whole thing consciously because he didn't want to cause fear for people and panic for people. So he knew it was dangerous. He knew it was deadlier than the flu. And he deliberately downplayed it because he thinks we're weak. Maybe he is secretly smart. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're right. Oh, QAnon. Oh, man. They know what they're talking about, oh, I guess. Oh, man, they've, they've got it all worked out. He's secretly brilliant. Oh, well, my gosh. If yeah, you I hadn't picked up on that by now. Oh, I mean, God. Yeah, obvious. But wow, so everyone's outraged, right? A lot of outrage. Uh, and, you know, a key difference with this is it is in his own words, right? This isn't anonymous sources. He used this his is... words. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, here's a big boy. Who's a good big boy using his words? Yes, you are. You are. <laughs> well, he did say it's deadlier than a, quote, strenuous, strenuous flu. He wow. called it a strenuous flu. And I'm strenuous like. Strenuous flu. What, what the hell's a strenuous flu? But wow. He used a big word, strenuous. He used a big word. Wow. My gosh. Wow. Yeah, he Just profoundly he grasped wrongly. that opportunity to use a big word. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is, Bill. But obviously, this is outrageous, and whether this will have a long-term effect on the election... Oh, that would be great. Like, if anything he did could have an effect on the election, that would just be wonderful. (laughs) But uh, that ship might have sailed. I mean, uh, wasn't he also somehow involved with, uh, you know, the guy that ran the pedophile island, and no one cares? (laughs) Why are people going to care about this? um, I mean, uh, why am I blanking? Jeffrey... Yeah, the guy who didn't kill himself, Epstein. who was just a little bit depressed. <laughs> now, that's a conspiracy theory. No, obviously it's a conspiracy theory. He just he just felt blue. He had a bad week. You know, he got arrested. Could happen to anyone. For pedophilia and, and, and child sex trafficking. And, right. and the cameras were broken in the prison. And right. uh, he killed himself. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> but well, you probably miss. All right, I don't want to talk all about Trump, but uh, his uh, partner in crime, Giselle Maxwell. Right. Have I got that right? Yeah, he wishes her well, right? He wouldn't want he anything to happen well. to her in prison, right? <laughs> Trump <laughs> wished what, her well. That's basically what he said. Yeah, I wish her well. You know, her her, her boyfriend <laughs> killed himself in prison. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You think wow. he was sending secret signals to that's a, leave that's her That's a nice story you have here. It would be a shame if something happened to it. Gosh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, enough great. about Trump, 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 Trump. All right. Trump. We, All right. we wanted to ping on a, a couple of things. Uh, the other stuff uh, the other going stuff. on in the world and just have a little bit of conversation around that stuff. A um, couple of things out of Asia. One is... Uh, the end of Hong Kong as we know it. This is something we talked a lot about early in our show uh, when all of the protests were going on and we were right. concerned that the crackdown was coming and sadly that the protesters were lose. And I think that's largely come true. Ooh, I think they've lost. Democracy is gone. It's, it's gone, right? Yeah. Just it's just bye -bye. an extension it's, uh, of China. Yep, it's just China now. Allegedly, but uh, <laughs> that's what I hear. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear it's just China. It's um, people are grieving, man. It's uh, it's it's pretty bad, right? Yeah. So I I follow a bunch of um, a bunch of journalists on Instagram. Um, they're very very pessimistic. Uh, people are trying to get out, right? Uh, right. I, I don't know if you have any stories of your uh, journalistic context there, uh, which who shall remain unnamed, obviously. But I don't know if any of those are trying to get out or what their general feeling about the whole situation is my sense is that people are still many many people are still committed to the city right and hoping right. for the best you know it's a massive upending of your life to flee um so i think many people are holding on but that doesn't change that there are the stories where some people are trying to take advantage of um to get out and become uk citizens uh right. and move away and other uh pro-democracy um and protesters were trying to escape altogether, and they were catching them in boats as they were trying to escape either to mainland China or they were trying to escape to Taiwan. Um, escape to mainland China. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I, quite I, get I mean, that either. I mean, it's a plan, I guess. <laughs> There's more places to hide. I, I, I think some people were trying to get to Shenzhen, which, of course, is very close. It's right. next door. Yeah, it's a train um, ride away. Yeah. So maybe they were just trying to get somewhere else. But people right, are fleeing. Right, right. And, um, you know, freedom of speech is going to go away and freedom of assembly. And it's, it's, it's going to become like the rest of China. And, um, you know, why should that matter? Right. So look, we here on the show are believers in all the classic Western civil liberties. China does not support those civil liberties. Hong Kong was an example of a Chinese place with Western style civil liberties and no more. I'm not saying it's all good, right? Democracy isn't all good, but it's the you know, it's the best it's the best worst option out there. Exactly, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So you know, I'm 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 very pro democracy, even if sometimes it does go wrong, like in the in, in the case of uh, Donald Trump, right? It doesn't mean it's all good, but I'm pretty pro democracy. And and the sad thing for Hong Kong is really the the, the problem is this new security law, right? Where even if you leave Hong Kong. Um, you're liable to be prosecuted for whatever you do abroad. Um, you know, and, and by the way, that law apparently uh, applies to everyone, 
not just Chinese or uh, Hong Kong citizens. It applies to anyone in the world who uh, uh, tries to undermine the regime. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. So well, good you know, luck on them enforcing that, but it doesn't change that. Gosh, it wouldn't be nice to be on a blacklist like that. Yeah, you'd you'd want to avoid certain parts of the world if if for whatever reason you think you might be on such a blacklist, which mm. I'm sure a lot of people um, might be on, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and growing. I mean, this has been a, a long term trend now under uh, Xi Jinping that. Mm. Uh, all kinds of uh, civil liberties are being more and more eroded uh, using technological means and using social means. Um, you asked about journalists. Yeah, I mean, journalists are being expelled. Uh, journalists are having their activities curtailed. Um, mm -hmm. It's just becoming less and less free. And I follow a variety of uh, Western sources that follow China, uh, including a couple of podcasts, and they talk about how they just got out. It's like it became right. too dangerous. Right. Became too dangerous uh, to be anyone who wanted to advocate uh, or just speak freely about what was going on, uh, especially as a Westerner. It's like, just get out. Um, so do you yield to that as a journalist, right? Do you yield to the sentiments and the preferences of anti-democratic powers elsewhere in the world if they threaten you? Hmm. Well, uh, sure. I'd love to give some highfalutin, high-minded, you know, no, stand. But are you going to land in a foreign prison uh, over stories like this? I'm just not sure. What, what are you proving? Right? So, what, but what, what if you publish? What are you uh, for that? So, what if you publish a picture of the Prophet Muhammad, right? Oh, well, right. I'm toggling to that story, Charlie Hebdo. So, what about Charlie Hebdo? What's the difference between Charlie Hebdo and some journalist uh, with a Twitter account that's super anti-China? Yeah. Well, hang on, so, because that's happening in France and in the West, where those are our values we're defending. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, no, I say publish it. Right, right. Because that's, that's us, man. That's us defending our rights. But I think your question was, what do I do as an individual journalist functioning in China? Do I get myself landed in jail? Um, oh, if I you're in know. China, you have absolutely no choice, right? Yeah. No, I thought that was your question. Yeah, yeah. no, you, no. But if, if, you're, you're, if, if you're trying to operate in China, do you, do you push the limit and get yourself jailed? Or do you just say... These are Gosh, the limits, and I'll work within them, or I'm out of here. Screw it. Uh, to be honest, if you can get out, you should get out, right? If you're yeah. a journalist and you want to somehow contribute to covering what's going on there in a meaningful way, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure you could do it from the inside, to be honest. Well, then all you get is the propaganda that China wants to publish. Well, there's that, right? Yeah. How do you undermine the propaganda if no one's left? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's a tough trade-off. It's a tough uh, choice. It's a very tough choice. What yeah. do you do? What do you do in Hong Kong if you're, a if you're a journalist, right? Do you stay? How long do you stay? Do you yeah. get out now? Do you get out later? Gosh. Well, you know, and what's interesting it's is corporations one. are having to make this choice too, right? What's the, what's, is there any kind of buzz in Singapore right now? Because in the Asian context, the other place to land, if you were a Hong Kong company or Hong Konger, might be Singapore. So 
is there any kind of buzz as to people are flowing there? Not that much. I think that on the on the scale of multinationals, not much will change for the time being. Mm. Uh, because it doesn't really impact them, right? Uh, Hong Kong is still very pro-business. Uh, mm-hmm. The risks are more long-term. I think on the, on the side of smaller corporations, uh, SMEs, startups, those kinds of things, I think that there are people in the entrepreneurial scene who have a clear preference to live in uh, places where there are such things as freedom of speech. Um, mm. And so they would prefer Singapore over Hong Kong. Um, I know that people have been moving personal assets because there's always the risk of whether or not you could get those assets out at a future point in time uh, or whether they would be scrutinized by uh, the state or other third parties that you have no control over. So I do know that people are, uh, but, 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 but it's not on a, on a very high level, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, within the, w- w- within the investor and the startup world, some people are moving their assets. Um, and I guess like if you're moving to Asia now, the choice between Hong Kong and Singapore is, um, at least in my eyes, much easier than it was before. I would mm. clearly, clearly prefer Singapore at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would do the same. Cause it's very stable. You know, you, you know what you're going to get. Um, whereas, uh, in Hong Kong, there's just no telling where, the, where this might go five years yeah. from now, uh, two years from now. Right. You like, it's yeah there's too much too much wiggle room there too many too many things could, could go wrong i feel well and all the trend lines are toward tighter and tighter and tighter control and right, greater and exactly. greater dangers for anybody who tries to do something that doesn't fit the ccp government mold so this does not bode well for taiwan right yeah so taiwan um it's kind of one of the other story um that i had in the back of my mind it's funny I, this is not penetrating at all into the u.s press or u.s consciousness we're just too focused on the elections um but china has been ramping up its rhetoric and its military Mm. testing activities against taiwan Uh, and the u.s has been ramping up its military activities by sailing ships through the south china sea and other parts of the waters in asia um in order to say, hey, don't touch Taiwan. See, the deal is here, of course, Taiwan and China views it as a renegade province. Uh, many other countries don't officially acknowledge it, but view it as an independent free country. There's a long history there from their civil war that wrapped up after World War II. China always threatens to just take it over militarily and just end it. Uh, and the rest of the world always hints that, no, if you do that, we'll come to their defense, even though there's no really treaties. So... There's the sense that will China try to take advantage of the West is on its heels because of COVID plus Xi Jinping is struggling with his own issues, both in terms of the economy and COVID. And, you know, nothing helps distract like a good old military nationalistic confrontation. All this stuff is bubbling around in Asia. And God, there's no it's not even on people's radar screens. That's so weird to hear. It's not it's no one talking about it at all because everyone's very worried here. Really? Yeah. Nothing. I it's, mean, it's, it's the Donald Trump show all the time. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. But then well, there's such of course, a, wildfires and COVID. You know, well, wildfires least, is the latest thing, but COVID. Have, at least because of COVID, people know China exists. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's <laughs> yes. a big step up, Bill. <laughs> you, you know that you're right. You know, right? you always see the bright spot in in things if they had to point it out on a map they might point to canada but hey that's not the point <laughs> you know what matters is they know it exists 
That's what really <laughs> matters here, Bill. But you're not pronouncing it correctly. China. 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 Wuhan. The Wuhan flu. Yeah, yeah crazy, man. I think here everybody's obviously very worried. Um, mm. I don't feel like there's a lot of support for the... I, I, I don't know. I Here on the ground, right? I, I, I get a feeling that people are very worried, but they also feel like... The, the U.S. is maybe not super legitimate in <laughs> in trying oh to wage a war over these things. Um, like, what if the rest of Asia doesn't bother starting a war over it? Then why should the U.S.? Um, oh, interesting. But you know, who knows, right? Those are just kids, so who knows what what the grown-ups think? Um, yeah. <clears throat> that's yeah. But um, still, you know. It's, well, it's, it's part it's, of a larger realignment. You know, China is becoming more assertive. Uh, it just is. Um, right. It's becoming more assertive. It's going to be the richest, most powerful country in the world by the end of the century if all the trend lines continue, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, so that means their backyard, which is the South China Sea, the East China Sea, Japan, Philippines, Vietnam, Australia, Singapore, uh, all of these countries are having to say, okay, what is our new relationship here? Because they're right next door. And they could mess with our shit. So we've got to be very careful about how we balance this against the traditional power outside of China in that area, which was the United States. Took that over after World War II. Hmm. And this great realignment people are having to navigate. Uh, and it's very tense, uh, especially when military threats start to ramp up. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Because I think like nothing would help. Like, I get the sense that, in a way, like, even for the U.S., right? For the U.S. economy, uh, oh, good old war, you know. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, they might start things back up again, right? Well, it's, look, obviously, I don't like Trump, and it's a big worry on my part, honestly. What well, would be great, but to have a minor skirmish it's the in American the South way. China Sea yeah. with China right before the election. Hell, that might be better than in some, uh, you know, last-second vaccine. Oh, especially I'm very worried about it. <laughs> yeah, the vaccine. Well, did you hear, by the way, that China is uh, is vaccinating uh -huh. Af Africa? <laughs> oh, are, are they? Oh, no, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. priority access for, for Africa to uh, to the vaccine that they're developing, which makes perfect sense, right? Because they're because of uh, the enormous stake that they have in the development of, uh, of the African economy and in all the natural resources there. Yes. They've yeah, been heavily they investing. In their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought what you were going to say is there was a headline uh, this morning when we're recording uh, that they've uh, they've gathered together a hundred thousand people to test the vaccine on. Huh, I wonder where like they found us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, all, all volunteers, uh, all perfectly normal volunteers. I'm sure it was all freely chosen. Right, you volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> no coercion <laughs> whatsoever 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 but you so yeah, you need people you need people so that's the test. asian scene i guess it's um and it's different from what's certainly going on in the u.s and what's going on in the in europe um but you know um, the, all yeah. of this might be for nothing because of what's coming in the future right what's coming in the future picks on treadmills pigs on treadmills right? i love those <laughs> i love <laughs> treadmills. so if you missed it um well you you fill it in because you sent it to me 
So uh, Neuralink. When did right? he give this? Yeah. When did he give this two presentation? Week, two weeks. What are we ago, talking about here? Two weeks ago. So uh, Elon Musk gave the update on the Neuralink project, um, which is basically a project um, to create um, a way to to digitally communicate with the brain, just to just to um, wrap it up very very simply. So it creates read and write um, access to uh, to the brain, basically. So it, it allows you to read neural activity and to potentially write into neurons to activate them as well. So you say, here, there's something firing in this brain cell, and if I push on this button, then something will fire in this brain cell. So that's very exciting technology. Um, their goal is basically to make patients' lives better. So um, if you've lost function of your legs because uh, you know because you had a horrible accident, then that sort of technology might potentially help you out by creating bridges in your spinal cord where they could send neural activity to other parts of uh, the spinal cord where it's no longer arriving due to your accident. Um, but he's also very much focused on more futuristic applications of the technology, uh, such as. Uh, you know, the human brain fusing with AI, um, virtual reality applications, uh, which are all very, very, very far out. But he gave a very, very, very nice demonstration of where they're at now, technology-wise. It was just really, really awesome. Like, basically, I have this small chip, which you now insert in the skull, right, which is gets installed in the skull. And you have these wires that they, um, that they, that go from the chip to, um, the part of the brain that they want to read and write to. And the way that it's that these wires are put in the brain is really cool. Like they don't touch any of the a, a, any of the veins, so there's no bleeding. So you need a super complicated AI-driven robot to uh, to uh, place them. Um, all very very impressive. Um, yeah, just I mean, it's, to me, it's just incredible that such technology is is beginning to exist. Right? I mean, I have a background so in neuropsychology and in AI. And this is the kind of stuff that I, I was always dreaming about when I was a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the brain-computer interface wired directly in, into the neurons. This is really, really exciting. Um, of course, it's, everything it's could go It's crazy to wrong. watch it. I That's mean, crazy, it's, it's, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they had a and, demo and of, a, of a pig, mm -hmm. right? I found it was pretty interesting. They had this device installed in the snout, I think, of the pig. Or in the they brain somewhere, monitoring, they were monitoring the snout. The so they snout had, a, I don't know where yeah. on the brain it was. Um, and it would fire when it was like sniffing at stuff, when it was sniffing around. Um, very cool. Just very, very cool. And what was really cool is that they could use that neural activity to predict the uh, 3D position, the spatial position of the limbs uh, with very, very high accuracy. So you could recreate the spatial position of the limbs, of the body of the pig, based on the neural activity alone. So you could read the neural activity and then interpret it in a meaningful way, which was wow. really cool. Which was because really, really our exciting. brains have a sense of where our things are, right? Uh, and our gosh, I hope so. Well, not always. Right. Otherwise, you'd knock things over. And yeah. our brains can anticipate where our arm or hand or leg will be, um, and they can read that. Uh, yeah, they can read that. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is awesome technology. If you're paraplegic, for example, then ten years down the road, yeah. you know, they might be able to fix that, which is which is really really awesome. Or if um, you lost limbs in these multitudes of wars that we fight. Right. Exactly. Right. So it's right. it's just crazy technology. Um, but essentially, of, of course. So Elon Musk isn't. I mean, he's doing this for the medical applications also, but he's clearly. You know, 
he, you know the kind of guy that he is, right? So he's doing yeah. something for a local objective, but then he spins all of these great futuristic uh, global... He's got true sci-fi stuff going in. His yeah, head. it's yeah. true sci-fi. Just think about it. All the things that, he, that he's working on are just straight out of sci-fi, right? Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> this is just another one. It's, it's crazy. It's completely crazy. Every, everyone should watch that video. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. And also, there's a pig uh, on a treadmill, so you should definitely watch it. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, and the whole, it is all about these pigs snuffling and when around. And the pig comes and out, on the treadmill, and he actually says it. Oh, pig on a treadmill! Like he's such a dork. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of funny. Pig on a treadmill. It is funny. There's a pig on a treadmill. Yeah, you yeah, might yeah. hear things in the background. There's there's housework going on in my house while I sit in here and make the world safe for podcasting so well someone's got to supervise gosh yeah well. right exactly now it, but you know look it's scary though right this is going to be we talk a lot on here about uh, inequalities right, uh, right. income inequalities wealth inequalities educational inequalities and man the moment that these technologies get implemented successfully um this is just going to further inequalities right because the moment your brain can function at what, a thousand times the capability uh, of the brain next to you that isn't enabled in this way? Um, so yes, there is the way of bringing up the people who are, uh, have, have uh, had accidents or anything, but there's also allowing people to go beyond. Uh, and this could be the cyborg future um, that determines what the human species is going to look like and live like, you know, going on into the future yeah i'm completely um, unconcerned about any of that it's just i don't oh think, interesting I don't think why what do you mean well because um i think elon musk points it out as well I, we already have a, a, a very well functioning uh, interface between our brain ai and all the knowledge in the world right it's our smartphone and we use it to watch cat videos so i'm not <laughs> you know i'm not worried <laughs> i don't think there will be there will be a giant <laughs> ever-increasing gap you there think between of the cat videos right in your brain god the privilege he can watch so many cat videos <laughs> millions of seconds like we don't exploit the technology that we have for the things that we would like people to exploit that technology for right um unfortunately the is it that interesting to dismiss the concerns no really? i i i I think there is legitimate cons there are legitimate concerns, but I think the impact and the um, both positive and negative impact that it will have will just be completely different from anything we might be able to imagine. Like when you imagined, so when I was a kid and I imagined smartphones, when the first you know when the first idea of having such a thing as a mobile computer appeared, and you know when the internet first became available and i was you know roaming around on bulletin boards and stuff like that and you had this idea that, that humans could one day have all of human knowledge at their fingertips i never imagined that social uh, media platforms would destroy liberal democracies because of fake news <laughs> right and and that <laughs> honestly enough. is i think the biggest concern with the internet and apps and phones today that is the biggest negative impact, right? Yes. And the biggest positive impact is, uh, honest to God, probably cat videos and Zoom. Um, hmm. I mean, they're they're like, no one is spending their days bettering themselves and learning all of these awesome things that they might be able to learn because all the Ivy League um, materials are just freely available, right? You can you can yeah. almost do the entire MIT and Stanford curriculum online for free. Just, but nobody does it because they don't care about knowledge and learning and bettering themselves. They care about attaining a piece of paper that um, that you know gets them 
social and societal credits and <laughs> moves them up the social ladder. Um, yeah. So both the positive and the negative impacts of the technology are completely different from anything I could have ever imagined. Hmm. So I'm so I I'm pretty sure that for Neuralink it will it will sort of be the same. Like very weird things will happen. Um, and m maybe that will just scale all the good and the bad things that are currently happening um, to much greater yeah. scales, and that would be bad. Uh, so I'm not because, sure. I mean, you know, when television first came out, when television was envisioned, the creators were like, yeah, this is going to be the great, single greatest educational tool. I forget who said it. The single greatest educational tool ever invented. TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense, right? Yeah, but it's so naive. Yeah, it, to right. to educated people who are interested in bettering themselves, but to most everyone, nope. It's a source of distraction. It's a source of um, yeah, entertainment. Actually, um, so you're right. What are these new technologies going to be used for? Probably just to distract and entertain. Um, but it's interesting that our inability. It's interesting to to consider our inability to uh, imagine these things, right? Even if you think about. Uh, technologies such as Neuralink and what you might be able to do with it, you almost automatically imagine extensions of what we are currently doing today, right? So you would think about applications such as virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, gaming, uh, medical applications, uh, I don't know, uh, communication, so telepathy sort of, maybe you can talk to people, mm. right, without speaking or sending anything or writing anything, right? You could just think it and then it would arrive in someone else's brain, I guess. Um, but these are all extensions of things that we're already doing, right? There's nothing fun fundamentally new or disruptive there. Um, hmm. And so that's sort of interesting to me that we seem to be really fundamentally incapable of um, imagining the future impact and applications of new technologies. It's something we're not good at. Like look at science fiction movies, right? Every, every science fiction movie you look at is completely off. So Blade Runner, for example, that's a great one, right? So there's all of this technology. There's... There's androids that you that you cannot so robots basically right that you cannot distinguish from human beings basically uh, unless you um, use this very uh, elaborate uh, test based on asking them questions and then they have weird emotional responses to some of the questions that give away the fact that they're not really human but screens are basically giant CRT screens <laughs> right like it's <laughs> Like, um, it's like really weird. Like, it's always a really weird mix of, of things that people imagine would evolve and things that people would never imagine could evolve. And buttons are always big and clunky and interfaces <laughs> are always just, always still keyboards, like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, we're, we're just bad at it. We're just really bad at imagining the future. I suppose the only danger though, because like you said though, what has been proven out as we've increased our networking capability, instead of more understanding and more education, we have more misinformation and misunderstanding. So once we're completely jacked in, if we can do that even faster, even more powerful, if we can hack directly into people, um, that's a danger maybe that we can project out from what is already happening with the low bandwidth versions of these technologies. Um, so maybe it's not an inequality issue. Maybe it's the stuff we're already seeing, uh, but on steroids. But I also think that um, almost all of the applications that are fundament fundamentally interesting in this way are a long, long, long way off. So 50 mm -hmm. to 100 years, I think. Um, yeah. So we're talking about reading the output of a couple of neurons and sending... Uh, 
I mean, basically now they're just reading neuroactivity, right? Uh, yeah, it's very, not terribly right. They're not right. writing anything yet because there's massive challenges there. So what kind of current do you use? How long do you apply it? Um, what does that do? What does it mean? What are the side effects? I mean, you just don't know, right? So to scale from this to all of the kinds of applications that you might be able to imagine um, w will take a very long time, I think. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's something that will take five years. I think you're looking at 25, 30, 50 years before anything really, really disruptive, or, well, that's not the right word, but really life-changing will come out of it. But then, it, but then there it's very hard to imagine the limits of what, hmm. of what might come out of it. So you might truly uh, augment yourself with, um, for example, um, AI algorithms, right? Yeah. Because everything is everything is just input and output, right? The entire world that you see only exists in your brain, right? I mean, it also exists outside of your brain, obviously. But your brain is just this thing. Uh, the reality is in there, yeah. Yeah, stuck right. in a vat, stuck in the darkness of your skull, right? right. And it's just trying to figure out a way to uh, make your body move in such a way that it survives as long as possible. Um, yes. But it's fundamentally stuck in a in a in a dark jar, right? Right. And Cut right. off from with little peepholes, yeah, with just really, really little peepholes that are not very good at what they do, right? That that you yeah. might significantly improve upon with technology, yeah, with sensors. No, I, yeah. the enhancements, I think, yeah, I can see those being fantastic. Um, you know, and like we said, if this helps people who either through accident or genetics have uh, problems that can be fixed. I mean, I say pursue the technology, right? I'm not saying don't pursue the technology because of these potential threats. Because, yeah, a lot of good could come out of this. Yeah, for example, um, if they're dumb or annoying, we could fix it. <laughs> <laughs> There's hope for me yet. Uh, I think we're going to wipe those people and just, I don't know, let them play Pong. Uh, <laughs> they're smiling. Well, we'll they be able must to learn be happy. <laughs> We'll be able to learn Kung Fu, right? This will be the Matrix. I, I know Kung Fu. I know Kung Fu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just watched The Matrix again. I watched all three Oh, movies. did you? Yeah, fantastic. Elon inspired Gosh. you. It did. It did. I said, God, yeah. let's watch The Matrix again. It was amazing. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it is good. That one held up. The second, two, number two and three. I was better no, than I, I remember. Uh, than I remembered. I oh, you watched really, all three? Yeah, yeah. I thought they really sucked when I saw them originally, but actually now yeah. I like them. Well, maybe I'll have to give them another viewing because, yeah, yeah, I definitely thought they sucked when I, I watched them the first time. Um, hey, well, you know, let's let's wrap up here. All right. Um, let's go for a, a one or two good news items. Oh, there's still good news. the Good News, good news Network. On. Well, I feel like we had some good news here. I mean, this potential technology uh, could really do wonders, but let, let's just throw one or two more. No, no, too. come on. I think so. I mean, there might be no more democracy and we're all going to die because of COVID, <laughs> but hey, we can watch so so many more cat videos now. It's, it's, it's going to so be quickly. so super fast. Right. Like right. you could watch all of the cat videos maybe potentially one day. It's just <laughs> and then great. you're done. Then you're done and then you can die in peace. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see this. Wow. It's really, God, okay, we're going to have to go with this, but it's really not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay well we will start so, looking if you recall from last week we ran out of good news in the good news network yeah and it looks and to me like someone might be improvising dry. someone might be improvising here. so go to the good news network on twitter to watch uh, a video of a seal jumping on the back of a pedal board to hit your ride i'm okay. not sure that's uh, that might be cute i'm not sure it's good news 
You know? No. Maybe it's just that's a lazy just a, seal. It's just even that's seals just a cat are video. <laughs> it's just lazy seals. God, lazy seals. <laughs> Gosh. What is this? Although, you know, maybe lazy seals is good because I just read a, a story in The Guardian about how a pod of orcas attacked a ship and uh, and like were breaking it to pieces and they could hear the, the whales calling to one another. So I don't know, man. Maybe the aquatic mammals are coming for us. So we better be glad yeah, that we've we, got some... So there's more animals. Are, are you ready for this? Apparently all the good news is All right, is one more. <laughs> so New Guinea's mysterious singing dogs are not extinct. After all, as scientists find their brothers. I had no idea that there were mysterious singing dogs in New Guinea. Okay, uh, I don't know what those are, but well, so I'm what glad do they that sing? they're still with us. Do they rap? It would be pretty cool if they rap. <laughs> <laughs> the rapping New Guinea dogs. Check it out if, and, and let us know if you think it's mysterious. Go to the Good News Network on Twitter and you can check out these two uh, animal-related pieces of good news. There we wow. go. There you go. We, uh, maybe we'll look for more sources. I, I don't know. Anyway, wrapping up for this week. Uh, you're still looking for some. Oh, no, I'm good. Browsing. I'm good. You're, you're yeah. still trying to... Well, <laughs> that's the thing about cat videos, Bill. They suck you right in. It's hard to get <laughs> you out. You just come I can't look away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right have a good week everyone have a good week nikolai all right talk soon <laughs>